Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number four, Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to be reading verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And uh, we're in the last book of the Bible, and uh, we've seen God give uh, tremendous details concerning his plans for the end of time, the last day, the end of this world, and uh, and that is the point of the creation of the new heaven and new earth. And that's what he's talking about. In the new heaven, in the new earth, in the glorious, beautiful, eternal future that awaits each child of God, there shall be no more curse in that place. And, of course, this place where we're presently at and all that we've ever known in this life, uh, being citizens of this world and and living in this present evil world, has been the curse. Uh, and uh, if we go back to Genesis chapter three, after Adam and Eve sinned, it says in Genesis three, in um, Let's see, in verse 13, And Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And Jehovah God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return." What a terrible curse God pronounced upon the ground, Satan, mankind, uh, on the woman and the man. Uh, she would, she would um, conceive and, and give birth in sorrow and bring forth children in sorrow. He would have to work in, in a cursed ground and, and in sorrow 
uh, eat of it all the days of his life, and and everything is in sorrow until the day you die, and then you return to the dust, from the dust you were created to the dust you go, and and that's the curse upon mankind. It it's a terrible curse God has placed on man, the world, and the whole creation that um, that that Adam was given rule over because of sin. And here's uh, something else God tells us regarding the the curse that he brings upon disobedience or sin. In Deuteronomy 28, beginning in verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of Jehovah thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. Jehovah shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Cursed, cursed, cursed. It is the lot of man living in this world. And and man is cursed, and yet uh, he he goes about his life. He goes about his business. He goes about uh, building a family or building a home or building a career. And all the while he's cursed. And, and uh, in all that he does in his unsaved condition because of his sin, this is how people live. They live with a black cloud hanging over their head. More likely, or or better put, with a sword of the wrath of God hanging upon them. All their life long, they're under condemnation and wrath and the curse because they have rebelled against holy God. And, and the world has operated and continued and it's only by the, the goodness and kindness of God in, in all past time that God has permitted a cursed people, a people that, that have done nothing but rebel against Him, yet God is so good and so kind that He permits them Sun and rain and fruitful seasons and, and, uh, he, he gives them certain temporal blessings and, and even though they are in open rebellion against him. Now what, what king that had a people that rebelled against him would be so concerned for the welfare of the rebels 
that he would provide for them in their rebellion. But God did that all through the history of the world. He put up with man's sin and man shaking his puny little fist at the Almighty and and uh, speaking things and thinking things and doing things that only uh, provoke God to anger. God put up with it all for the sake of his elect. The long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, the Bible tells us. So God waited because there were still elect to be born into the world in these generations, and then they had to be saved, and there was still more to come. Therefore, God did not bring his final wrath upon these people, but allowed them to live, and in many cases, live their whole lives and die in their wicked condition under his curse, but time continued because God's program of salvation was being worked out. The whole history of the world really is summed up in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 9, where it says in verse 21 and following, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory? And, and there God reveals that he was long-suffering with the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction because he wanted to make known the riches of his glory and the vessels of mercy. And, and they had to be saved. And, and therefore, uh, it's nothing to God, you know, if people shake their fists and speak evil of him. Um, uh, uh, eBible has developed a Twitter account, a second Twitter account, and we're advertising and we're advertising to places in the West, in the U.S., in Europe, that have had the gospel, and and now the gospel has uh, long ago uh, departed from them. Uh, God brought them the gospel early on. They were the first, and now they despise the gospel. They think they're better than the gospel. They have no need of the gospel or the God of the gospel, the God of the Bible, and just, just, um, droves of atheists are flocking to our site, and the things they say about God, the things they say about His Word, uh, very vile, very filthy, very arrogant, you, you can just see the pride oozing from these people that think that they're uh, free agents. They think they're the ones that uh, they they control their destiny. They control their fate. Man is the one in charge and in power. And their tongues just um, walk across the face of the earth and the heavens. And and they lash out at God with their words. 
in in uh, like it's nothing and and they make all sorts of claims against him and and speak evilly of God and and God allows it and God permits it and actually God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and let me read this because it's really an amazing verse regarding atheists regarding those that do not know God it says in 1 Corinthians 1 in verse 21 for after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God after that in the wisdom of God the world by its wisdom knew not God that is it's God's plan to withhold himself from view, from sight of the world, and and therefore they develop their uh, completely ridiculous theories like evolution, which is just a theory to explain how things are without God. That's all evolution is. And, and of course, uh, since there is a God, and since God spoke to create the world, they're, they're in the most terrible situation imaginable trying to explain how the world got here without a God. And that's why they came up with the most far out, um, incredibly ludicrous, ridiculous, foolish idea imaginable. And they speak of this uh, as though they know that, oh, in the beginning, this happened and that happened and things exploded and developed and here, here we are. And, and they didn't see these things. They, they trust this theory. They have faith in this theory. They believe it wholeheartedly. And it, it's nothing but another religion. It, it's faith in the absurd, uh, idea that man and, and everything we see that is so complex and and develop uh, with a design, it just came from nothing. And and yet they prefer that. They insist upon that because it, it must be, uh, since there is no God, they claim, and, and it, it's all due to their blind condition because God has cut himself off from them. He has shut off the energy source, the power from himself to these people, and and therefore, in the dark, they they wander around feeling for the wall. They they come up with um, incredible things, and it's all uh, part of the curse upon man that that he would say these things and do these things, and man in his curse condition is uh it's just a a sorrowful sorrowful thing to behold and and God gives his people eyes to see the truth and understand the truth and and so we see the world in operation in its curse condition and uh, it, uh, it it's very very grievous but when that day comes when that day comes, and you know we have a good hope and expectation that October seventh, twenty fifteen, will be that day, 
And we're looking forward to that day because we can hope in it since the Bible has presented evidence that points to that time as the likely day of the end of the world and the uh, the beginning of the new heaven and new earth. And the one hope we have and one reason the child of God looks for and longs for and desires the day to haste uh, on in, in coming, come quickly, Lord Jesus, is because the curse will be removed. Now think about it when people, they hear about the end of the world and, oh no, oh may it not be, um, bite your tongue. In other words, they're saying to you, don't say or think such a thing. And what are they, what are they saying? They're saying they prefer a cursed earth, a cursed heaven. They prefer themselves to be in a cursed condition over a new heaven and a new earth. And, uh, uh, you know, if someone were a professed Christian saying that, then of course they claim to have a hope for a new resurrected body. They, they would prefer this cursed condition to that glorified state. How can that be? It, it can only be ignorance if, if, if anyone who would prefer things now in, in this life, things that are corrupt, that the whole creation has been corrupted. And, and groans to be delivered. It's why there's sin and sorrow and death and pain and tears at, at a part of this world because of the curse. But in that world, there's no more pain or tears or sorrow or sin or death. No more curse. And uh, here's why it says in Galatians chapter 3, and this is a, a passage that uh, really causes the child of God to rejoice in Galatians 3.10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. If you or anyone is trying to get right with God by keeping the law, you better keep the whole law because if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. And the moment you break a single law, you're cursed. Adam and Eve just broke one law. They disobeyed God and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every man breaks the law of God, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. And and therefore, every man was cursed. Every human being was cursed. But for some, for certain ones, for those uh, chosen, predestinated by God before the foundation of the world, a remedy was made for the curse. It goes on to say in verse 11, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them 
shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus took upon himself the sins of his people, and and then he he became accursed for them and died for them at the foundation of the world. And in that way, by the way, that was the actuality of being accursed, the figure or the type of someone that is accursed of God is when you hang on a tree. So to show or demonstrate that he had been made a curse at the foundation of the world, when Jesus entered into the world and went to the cross, and the cross was made of a tree, he hung on a tree. But that was only to portray and to show forth that he had been accursed. And because he was made a curse for us, we are free from the curse. All of God's people, everyone that God saves, no longer has the curse upon them. Because the curse comes as a result of sin, and our sin is gone. Our sin is paid for. And we are washed, and we are cleansed. We are restored to the original condition, the original situation when God created Adam and Eve, they were without sin, all was good, and they had the tree of life they could eat from, and they had communion with God at any point, and also there was no curse. And the curse was upon the ground. The curse had to do with their... Uh, conception of children and it, it involved their work and their labor and it meant they would die and return to the dust. But now God's people are granted eternal life so will not die. God's people may labor. We read in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight that, that, um, God says be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And and so the labor of the child of God, even in this life, has purpose and value and meaning. It's not cursed. It, it is blessed by God. And in that new heaven and new earth, we, we read in Isaiah 65, where God speaks of our labor. And uh, one thing we could take note of is that he doesn't say we'll labor with sorrow but we'll we'll labor by the sweat of our brow but instead he says in Isaiah 65 in verse 21 and in the context of God creating a new heavens and new earth and they shall build houses and inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them they shall not build and another inhabit they shall not plant and another eat, for as the days of a tree, that's the tree of life, who would be the Lord Jesus, for as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. 
They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of Jehovah, and their offspring with them. They are the seed of the blessed. God's people are blessed forevermore. Remember when Balaam was hired to curse Israel, and he kept trying to curse Israel, and God turned the curse into a blessing again and again. And the uh, the king of Moab who hired him was getting frustrated. Uh, you can almost see him pulling out his hair. I hired you to curse my enemies and and you bless them. And then it was revealed that the ones that God has blessed, who can curse? It's impossible to curse those that God has blessed. And God's elect are blessed. God's people are blessed. Jacob received the blessing. And, and that was the problem. That was the point of contention with Esau. He realized Jacob was blessed and I'm not blessed. And if you're not blessed in this world, you are cursed. And the blessing that was permitted for Esau was an earthly temporal blessing. It was not the blessing um, that that the children of God receive. It was not the blessing that the Lord Jesus speaks of in Matthew chapter 25. When he comes in judgment, and he's already done this and presently doing it, in Matthew 25, it says in verse 31, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. Then he goes on to say why they are blessed, because they they uh, took pity upon him and, and so forth. Uh, but for the rest, uh, it says in verse 41 of Matthew 25, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And the last verse of verse 46 says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal, the blessing and the curse. The curse destroys the sinner. The curse, um, it, it ruins the man. It ruins mankind. But God rescued a people for himself. He delivered his elect out of the world and he blessed them and they cannot be cursed. And we we can be tried. We can experience tribulation and affliction. Uh, we, we can go through a great many things, but all the while God's elect are blessed as they go through them and God's elect are blessed when they finally come out of the fire of this fiery trial 
and enter into the glorious kingdom of God. And now it's stated that in that place there's no more curse because the cursed world is destroyed. And the cursed sinners are destroyed along with the world with a a fire that has consumed them and melted them and everlastingly has destroyed them. This is why it can then be said that there will be no more curse. Never again, never again, not at some point in the future, we will be free from the curse forevermore. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.